Hey, Real Nerds listeners. There's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can. Just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con 2020 and beyond. I am your host, Zach, and with me is... Brad. Yeah, guys, that's it. It's another Brad-Zach episode. The weather's really screwing this podcast up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we are the problem. You know that, right? Like, we are the problem. If we just went away entirely. You and me? Yeah. Or the but- whole podcast? Well, the whole podcast would be better if we just left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're kind of sticks in the mud. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't we don't have exciting stories like Ryan or yeah. thoughtful intellectual discussion like James. Like you 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 and I are just you, two dorks. The audience is getting the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, you know what? We're being a little hard on ourselves. We may need a little bit of kindness and gentleness towards ourselves, which is apt for our movie this week. This week we saw. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And every week we go see a new movie and we podcast that experience to the world. So we're going to tell you a little bit about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, what we thought of it, play the trailer, and then spoil the hell out of it. Uh, we also talk about Blu-rays, um, what we've been watching, movie news. Um, we sometimes have uh, a little bit of dealings around town with Senor Brad. And sometimes we have Catching the Classics with Corinne. Do we have a Catching the Classics this week? We do. Ooh, why don't we play Catching the Classics? It's been a week. Hi, everyone. It's Corinne. I just wanted to check in real fast and let you all know that I probably won't be doing Catching the Classics for a while. Part of it is things have picked up a little bit at work lately, and part of it is that there's just been a lot to do in my free time, um, at least as far as like movies and TV go. I've been going to the theater a lot lately now that I have this, like, movie subscription thing. And I've also, you know, got Disney Plus now that I'm watching. So I just haven't had the willpower to sit down and be like, all right, fine, i got to watch The Graduate, you know. Um, I do have it saved on my phone, so I can watch it pretty much at any time, even though it's no longer on Netflix. So I will get around to it at some point. But just know it might not be until after the new year. Um, So anyway, there's that. But I can let you all know that some of the things I've been watching lately, uh, three of them are movies, one of them is a TV show on Disney+. Plus. So just wanted to let you all know that I saw A Good Liar. It's a good movie. I don't want to say much more than that because I don't want to, like, 
give anything away. Um, it's really good. I'd give it three and a half or four stars. Yeah, the performances are good, and it's just it's it's a well crafted movie, and everything is very intentional. That's all I'm gonna say about that. I also saw Ford v Ferrari, and it 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 was good. I felt like it was a little bit long and a little bit unfocused, but the chemistry among the actors and the action and the you know the the story all kind of keep you engaged. So it's definitely worth seeing. Like I said, I would I would like it better if they trimmed it down, maybe fifteen or twenty minutes. But it's it's it, I had a good time, so I'd give that like three and a half or four stars. And then I also went and saw Frozen 2, which hopefully I'll get to talk about you guys um, here in a week or so. Um, it's a good movie. I want to go see it again. I think uh, it, I think once I, a, sec, a second watch will probably be beneficial. Um, so I thought some of the songs were kind of weak, but other ones were really strong, so... The quality of the music was kind of hit and miss for me. The visuals are great. The vocal performances are great. So, like I said, I want to see it again. And then, I'll just let you all know, I have been watching The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I love it. Um, they have three episodes out right now. I've seen all three of them. I'm really interested to see now given what's happened in episode three, which I don't want to say what it is in case someone out there doesn't want to be spoiled. Um, but given what's happened in episode three, I'm not really sure where they're going to take it from here. Cause they kind of had like a good, um, structure set up in the pilot for like how the show might progress. But then by episode three, it kind of throws that out the window. So Yeah. I'm 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 invested in the show. It's crazy how how close I've like how much I've attached to these characters in just what maybe an hour and a half of screen time. It's great, and it really does feel like Star Wars, even though it's not a movie. But the, I mean, I think they have a good enough budget that you know the the effects are good and the it does not look low budget basically. Anyway, so hopefully I get to talk about that with you guys at some point. Um, talk about Frozen 2. I assume that will be your episode next week, but up to you guys. So everyone listening at home, I'm sorry. Catching the Classics is going to be on a little bit of a break till probably the new year. And I uh, hope to see all of you nerds again soon. Well, thanks, Corinne, although that's uh, sad um, that we won't be having any more Catching the Classics for a little while. Um, hey, I've never seen The Graduate either, and I'm not rushing out to see it. You're both wrong! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, um, it's okay. Not everybody has to see everything. Um, yeah, no, Graduate's a good movie. Um, uh, and I'm curious about The Mandalorian myself, but I'm waiting on disney plus for a little while me too yeah that's money and frankly if you're on facebook everyone's spoiling it constantly for you anyway yeah i already know that there's a baby of sorts uh, of one of my favorite characters from the series so okay neat um um so uh one thing though um 
I don't know if she's uh, going to use it in the hiatus, but um, she just wanted to remind people that at Catching Classic mm-hmm. uh, is her Twitter handle. So she yeah. forgets to plug that from time to time. So maybe she'll post some things during the hiatus. You hey, never know. you never know. She might be catching modern classics, like uh, stuff that's coming out within the next couple of weeks. It's all it's award season. You never know what kind of classic's going to be coming out. Yeah. Um, actually, that's not the only thing that's going on hiatus for a little bit. Um the Shamley silhouette will be going um, on hiatus until at the very earliest Christmas. What's, what's going on, guys? Uh, it's art has assholes on hiatus. This is on hiatus now. You're proclaiming hiatus. So I don't know. Everybody. Does anyone want to do the podcast anymore? I I, I want to keep <laughs> doing things. Um, no, the problem is, is that when I went out to go uh, film um, in New Hampshire. I neglected to record two additional episodes and part of it was due to scheduling issues and another part of it was due to my focus on the shoot in New Hampshire. So uh, likewise, um, there will be a bit of a delay, but I am recording some in that in-between time. So I just want to make sure it's ready to go for this second batch of episodes that uh, will hopefully end the series and then I can move on to either another subject or maybe something even more... uh, Interesting. We'll see. I haven't decided yet. Brad, you may be putting up a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I, I I will say though, the hiatus is worth it for the filming that I got to do. So you know, I mean, I love Hitchcock, but I also like making movies. So you know, yeah, that's all cool. Um, and uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Shamley will be back, uh, in around December. So, uh. Everybody can relax on there, but you can check out the latest episode of Shamley that was released last week um, on realnerdspodcast.com. And my guest, Phil Vecchio, and I talk about the Hitchcock comedies, uh, Trouble with Harry and Mr. and Mrs. Smith from 1941. Um, it's a fun episode. We also talk a little bit about uh, the Alfred Hitchcock Presents intros and stuff like that, which we may be talking about it ourselves not too from not too long in from now, you know? Hmm. Um How's everything else been with you, Brad? Uh, busy. Busy? Just, just making stuff. Right on. Same here. Yep. Yep. Um, just trying to stay afloat. Yeah. Aren't, aren't we all? Aren't we all trying to stay afloat in this crazy ocean called life? Just trying to stay alive. That's a terrible analogy. Yeah. Um, move on. You know what, Brad? We will move along. We're going to move along in your Excite bike, and we're going to go around town. Not much going on around town. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Those are the long pauses that I wish we could have so it'd be easier to edit the show. I know. Um not much going on around yeah, not much going on around town. Uh the Midnight at the Esquire this week is the room and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, you're um, tearing me apart. Uh Frankenfurter. Yep. Um so Yeah, then uh the following week I'm actually Finally interested in something new. Um, Tammy and the T-Rex, the director's cut or whatever. Yeah. Or 20th anniversary, whatever. I don't know. It's a cut that existed, I guess, and it just adds a lot more to it. Uh, it played festivals for a while, and it's been getting some fun response. Yeah, they showed the trailer for it at The Room last time I was there, and it looked crazy. Um, it's in our blue. It's not in our Blu-ray like roundup for this week, but I think it's like a couple days after this round that we discuss, uh, Tammy and the T-Rex will be released on 4K. So. Yeah. But I'll go see it at the Esquire because that's way more fun. There you go. Have fun with a little crowd there. Yeah. Um, so that's the following week. So 
Um, I'll repeat that again next week. Right on. Um, and then the only other thing is uh, starting December, first week- weekend of December, uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is being performed at the Bug Theater as a stage adaptation. And let me guess, you're playing one of the puppets that's mocking the play, right? I'm not playing anything. Oh, okay. I shot video for it, so all the Ooh. video parts components of the show so technically brad through my lens brad's next film is going to be a live show kind of like Uh, a live show component yeah a recreation of a 60s movie there you go um and it has uh i've been working with a drone a lot so i saw that photo of you better at it on the bug roof and i was like that's badass yeah that's pretty damn cool it's cool up there did they have any issue with you flying the drone like the city itself or did they not know? They did not know. Okay. Well, I just... we uh, Now they know. <laughs> now they know because the city listens to this podcast regularly. Yeah. Um, Cute there, cut to the city. What? <laughs> there was one point where I went over to this park area by Spear to get a nice shot of Denver. Yeah. Um, and there was another photo shoot going on with like a girl in a, like an old car, uh-huh. 70s car. Um, so we walked by them, went into the park, flew the drone, you know, not across the highway, but high up. And yeah. Near the highway, uh-huh. and when I was done, walked back, and the photographer was like, "How did you get a permission to shoot here?" And I was like, "I didn't." <laughs> <laughs> you, you've you've seen the movie Ed Wood, right? Like at least once before. At least once. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite lines is uh, when they see some a, a, car, a cop approaching as they're trying to film outside a storefront. They go, "We don't have a permit. Run!" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 tricky. The you know, I, I, you want to be able to fly it, you know, large distances to get like sprawling vistas. Right. But, uh, buildings impede that view. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. trusting to like trusting the drone to do what it's supposed to do. What, like through your cell phone, like is a viewfinder. Little, it's a little tricky. It's yeah. It's a little makes me nervous. Yeah. So I haven't done anything crazy yet. How well does it hook up to the phone? Pretty well or? This is bluetooth whatever it uh i meant like does the connection never get it's a little choppy like i also have it on a like a practice mode so i don't know if that has something to do with it Mm -hmm. like it won't go farther than 30 it won't go higher than 30 meters but it will fly horizontally a great distance but like a block away was still like not updating Mm -hmm. um so and wind even slight wind is challenging so practice mode does that mean you can switch it to the regular mode or yeah Okay, but. so I'm going to be Ryan for a second. See, you need to do like Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming where he takes off the CD protocols and he becomes Spider-Man. Um, you know, if I had an extra $500 for it to put towards a drone in case I broke this one, sure. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but for now, I'm, I'm gonna, not going to take it for granted. Also, uh, I apologize, Ryan, although I couldn't resist. Um, nah, he doesn't listen to the show anymore. Finally, someone <laughs> took him down. <laughs> but at what cost? <laughs> so that's what's going on around town. Cool. Well, um, fuck, I'm hosting this show. I'm going to decide what we do. Let's talk about some Blu-rays. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Brad, I have a question for you. Did you end up getting your RoboCop early or something? I did. Okay, because uh, this week you can get from Arrow Video uh, RoboCop. Uh, it's both on a, um, a fold-out edition that you got and then also a Steelbook, so you can pick that up if you'd like. Um, the Steelbook is going to be part of the Black Friday, Best Buy Black Friday. Really? Yep. And we're going Thursday I night. So. I can't see what the price is yet, but it starts at twenty mm. right now. So I'm, uh, 
I mean, we're going we're going to Black Friday for. <laughs> Are we shooting that thing? I haven't got a script yet. I I I, I got to finish it up tonight. Um, but um, and Spencer's already on board. But um, yeah, uh, I I'm gonna definitely be unloading my wallet a little bit. It's either that or I save it for some of the Criterions that have been coming out recently. Like this week, uh, Criterion is putting out All About Eve, a classic film from 1950, and Now Voyager from 1942, both with Betty Davis. And uh, I like Now Voyager a lot. Uh, Now All About Eve is a classic, so you can't go wrong there. You can pick those both up on uh, Criterion Blu-ray. From Scream Factory, you can get a collector's edition of Frank Langella's Dracula. And let me tell you, Frank Langella is a sexy Dracula. He's a very sexy Dracula. Um, uh, Amongst the new releases this week, uh, the 4K and Blu-ray versions of Angel Has Fallen uh, have released. You can pick that up. Sure. Uh, London Has Fallen kind of left me flat, so... um, uh, I'm I'm not interested in returning. Not to every release needs commentary. Move on. Nope. Uh, Scream Factory is putting out Prophecy uh, from 1979. You can pick that up. Um, fun fact: the director Tom Holland of uh, Child's Play uh, plays a bear in that movie. Wears a big old bear suit, and he's got a special feature on the Blu-ray that you can pick up and watch. Uh, Olive Signature is putting out The Bells of Saint Mary. It's a fun little flick with Bing Crosby and Ingrid Bergman. You can pick that up. Uh, Keanu Lobor's putting out Christmas in July with Dick Powell and Ellen Drew. You can pick that up. A lot of back catalog, by the way. Uh, Shout Factory uh, is putting out Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Gauntlet. So it's season 12. You can pick that up. Um, I presume you can pick all these up. Yeah, you can pick all these up. <laughs> um, there's a special edition of Ega from the... Uh, but it's just the movie, although they also have as a special feature the Mystery Science Theater episode. So uh, check that out if you'd like. Uh, another new release, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, with Kate Blanchett. You can pick that up. I, I didn't see it, so I'm sure um, What's-His-Face what's his did, Ryan. There we go. That's his name. I forgot his name already. Uh, also, the documentary Amazing Grace, uh, the Aretha Franklin film. You can pick that up. And um, that seems to be it. Uh, there's a romance film from Warner Archive called Great Day in the Morning, and the tagline is My Lover, My Enemy. And that's Blu-rays. Cool. Yeah. I'm Shh. saving some money this week. Yeah. <laughs> None of them <laughs> piqued your interest. Not one of them. Nope. Not Tom Holland in the bear suit. Not I'm Art- sure they're fine films, but okay. I'm money. I'm. You are money? I am money. Yeah. <laughs> I am money. <laughs> Who are you? I'm money. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to some news. It's real news. Um, we'll get a death out of the way. Uh, Michael J. Pollard passed away. Uh, best known for a slew of films and television. Um, he was on the original Star Trek. Um, he was in Bonnie and Clyde and in... Uh, in a role that got him an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Um, and he was, one of his more recent claims to fame was that he's in the opening scene of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, and he plays the guy who's kind of uh, taunting the burglars with Sid Haig. So there's a lot of people that um, ended up getting, uh, <laughs> ended up dying from this movie this year. So um, it's kind of sucks for uh, Rob Zombie. But um yeah, and the last film he did was something called The Woods. But he was a journeyman actor, just worked his ass off throughout the years. Um, great bucket of win. 
for him to quote another podcast. Um, but yeah, he will be missed. I, um, I remember him from Star Trek. Uh, he's in the, um, the, uh, episode where the kids won't, uh, the kids, the kids aren't growing up because they've got the disease or whatever that, um, or they're immune to a disease that ravaged everybody else around them. And they're in an old kind of Western town. Um, and they keep calling them grups. That's how I remember it. But anyway, moving on. I, I love Star Trek, but I don't remember the episodes name by name. I'm a terrible fan. I've only been through the original series one time. You're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Star Trek, uh, so Star Trek four has got another writer director. Now uh, it's Noah Hawley. Um, you don't know who Noah Hawley is. He was the, he's a creator of Fargo and Legion. Um, and he recently directed a movie called Lucy in the sky, which from what I heard got pretty bad reception at festivals and just tanked the box office. Like it literally like was a blip on the radar at theater listings. Yeah, I remember the trailer. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. He, they, all it says is that he's doing it. They keep so. telling us there's directors and stories and scripts, and they don't materialize. So. I think they should just focus on making it television again. I like the movies a lot, but if they can't get it off that ground, I, I kind of just want to stick to I I'm down to watch Discovery at this point now, um, and Picard I'm obviously going to be watching. So, you know... Um, we got a trailer for a Harrison Ford movie called Call of the Wild. It's based on a Jack London book. Um, the reason I bring it up is because the trailer, like, <laughs> that CGI dog's freaking weird. <laughs> it's like, it's not cat's level weird, but it's pretty weird. Um, but uh, Harrison Ford looks like he's having some fun in the wild, so good for him. It's I cool guess. to see him do different stuff. I agree. I, I kind of miss him being in things that aren't related to aliens and spaceships. So, um, Whatever. Um, we talked a little about RoboCop earlier. Um, I didn't realize this. Apparently, the RoboCop thing that Neil Blomkamp was working on is now in the hands of the guy who directed the recent horror film Little Monsters, Abe Forsyth. So this thing just keeps changing hands. Maybe they should just leave RoboCop alone, is my theory. Maybe they should stop reporting news that isn't like actually in the works. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe they should just hold hold their bucket, you know? Maybe report on it when someone's actually rolling film on something. No, that's true. Um, I just brought it up because I know we were talking about it back like, I don't know, months ago. And I was just like, wow, this thing just can't find a home. Um, we did get a trailer for an Amazon show called Hunters. Um, we got a teaser for it prior, but we got a full trailer. And Al Pacino looks like he's a badass Nazi hunter. So I'm down with that. Um, if Amazon hasn't really gotten me to watch one of their shows, really. Um, although... Marvelous Miss Maisel's is on my watch list, but the boys um, is good too. I've that's another one, but I just for some reason it hasn't hooked me the way like a Glow or Stranger Things did. Um, a Glow especially, God. Um, but um, but Hunters will definitely pique my interest because it's tackling a subject that I find fascinating. Um, <laughs> so this was my favorite story of the week. Um. One of the actors on Star Wars Rise of Skywalker left their script in their hotel room and a cleaning woman or a cleaning person picked it up, gave it to someone else, and that person tried to put it on eBay. Disney reclaimed it. <laughs> and J.J. Abrams talked about it in an interview. Who leaves their script for Star Wars lying on uh, underneath the bed is what they said. Underneath the bed. Underneath the bed is weird. Yeah, it's strange. It's very strange. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams says he knows who it is 
and he won't say who it is, which is fine. You know, whatever. Try to keep it. It was J.J. Abrams. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Nobody it's all run. part of the scheme. It's, <laughs> it's all misdirection. <laughs> That's the mystery box? Is That's this the mystery hotel box. story? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He wanted that script to get out and all... You know, yeah, all the plot points spoiled. Yeah, exactly. But they're not real plot points. They're not. It's just, it's just a lot of question marks on a paper. Makes me look like the Riddler. I really wanted to do Batman, but Matt took it from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was saying like, I mean, the reason what that it went up on eBay or something like that is like it was made on paper that can't be copied or something like that, which I don't, I didn't realize that was a thing. This so. is red paper. It can't be photocopied. Really? Huh? Yeah. You didn't okay. know that? No. Hmm. Brad, am I an idiot? Yeah, that's been like a thing for like twenty years. So, well, I mean, I'm, it's I'm a, only twenty eight. <laughs> I, I mean, most like script writing documentaries show that. I don't know. All all the like making movies, I always knew from things that you know the script will be white, but all like the spoiler stuff will be red pages, so that if anyone could. Well, can, I know it's color coded. I just didn't realize it couldn't be photocopied. Yeah. That's what I didn't know. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's color coded. Yeah, no, they show pictures of like the red, co- the the red covered scripts or the pink colored script, like just depending on who's getting it, an actor or crew member and stuff like that. But yeah, damned if I didn't know that they couldn't co- photocopy it. I think colors in general, but I think red is the best one to that. just avoid yeah. that completely, just because of the way it. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Cool. That's it. I'll write all my articles about Shamley Silhouette now on red paper, so nobody can read them. No one reading. was going to read them anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it extra challenging. Um, uh, the only other piece of news that I had, and I only found it interesting because so around this time last year, we saw a movie called Bohemian Rhapsody. We thought it was less than stellar. Uh, well, the producer of it is apparently working on a Michael Jackson biopic. So it's almost like you say, like, okay. What can I do to be more hated? <laughs> and the answer is this. I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. I, I'm surprised. Well, that's one surprising element. I'm also surprised that there's even something like that in the works, especially after something like the documentary um, Leaving Neverland has come out and everything's kind of been tossed up into the ether as to, like, you know, what's Michael Jackson's legacy? I mean, I mean like, the the movie's probably going to focus on the music, so... Which, again, would be ignoring a big part of the whole overall story um i mean there's many stories to michael jackson it's not even just the music or the leaving neverland stuff but you could definitely like his life is so big like you could definitely make a movie that ignores that well yeah you could definitely do a lot of stuff about his father and all that yeah so um but i just found it interesting because he's just like okay i messed up one I messed up one musical icon. What can I do to <laughs> double down on that? <laughs> um, Although yeah, I mean, people do like Bohemian Rhapsody, and I totally respect that. I just don't agree. But I thought it was fine. It's, um, but I mean, if you're a popular musician, you know, just wait long enough, they're going to come make a biopic of you mm-hmm. every year. Brad, become a legendary musician, just like that. Mm-hmm. All right, it's magic. Well, you need a moment. Where you suddenly figure out what your stage name is and you have to go like, that's it. I'm going to be blank blank, you know, and then, yeah, you have to have that moment. If you don't, then the movie won't work. It's like, I love Rocket Man. My least favorite scene in Rocket Man was where he finds his name. <laughs> so, um, 
Anyway, that's news. Unless I missed anything. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't been paying attention to anything. You haven't? Neither have I. Cool. Right on. Well, we can move on to what we've been watching now. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what have you been watching this week? Not a lot. Um, I'll start with the fact that I went to see Jane Silent Bob reboot again. How'd you like it the second time around? Better, actually. Um, really? You know, I wasn't... Like, last time I critiqued it, I thought the editing was choppy and, mm-hmm. like, the pacing was off for some of the jokes. Right. But um, it was still there, but, I, I, you know, I wasn't... You know, everything I'd already seen, so I wasn't slowly critiquing in my head, you know. It was, I was kind of just along for the ride, and it was better. Right. Um, and the Q&A was great. Um, two things came up. Um... Someone asked about the scene with Ben Affleck, like what it would have been had Ben Affleck had not reunited with Kevin Smith, because that was a thing that happened at the very last minute of the movie. Like they'd almost finished the movie by the time he came on. Yeah. So there was another finale written ahead of that. Mm. And Kevin Smith said it was that James Allen Bob are at the con and they like duck and cover and hide behind some standee or something. And then Jay looks over and sees like a father... Uh, like talking to his daughter, um, uh-huh. like gives her some, I don't know, some trinket or something. Okay. Um, and he just gets inspired by that, which is pretty lame. Um, hmm. So the Ben Affleck scene, while a little on the nose, cause he's basically um, exposition expositorily telling Jay how to deal with this problem in a good moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was just Jay looking and like seeing, this connection and then being inspired himself and yeah. 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 That motivates him. And then the other thing was, um, Stan Lee was originally supposed to be a big part of the movie. Mm. But obviously he died before, uh, Kevin even started on it. Yeah. Filming on it. But, he, uh, Kevin revealed that he had originally planned for Stan Lee in the finale in the con where the Russians and the, uh, cock commandos are fighting in the big melee. Uh-huh. Um, Instead of Kevin Smith, the director, being on stage as, like, the big surprise or whatever, it was supposed to be Stan Lee. Mm. And then all the heroes were going to, like, put him in a wheelchair, roll him off the stage, like, go down this hallway. And then the villains were going to chase them down the hallway, and they were going to get trapped. And then Stan Lee was going to go, you know, screw this, and stand up and then, like, whip out a lightsaber. <laughs> and then he's going he's gonna to recreate the uh, Rogue One Vader scene, uh. but with Stan Lee... F- fighting so obviously a stunt person would uh, um yeah with like a maybe a cgi remapping or yeah i forget oh yeah stanley was gonna have like an iron man mask oh come on so is that partially why iron bob happened too i guess yeah i think or, so okay um so yeah and then yeah uh, stanley was gonna go vader mm. on all the cock commandos yeah uh so yeah that didn't happen so yeah i i want to rewatch it again because it hasn't sat well with me over the month since i've seen it um, and actually my, my, my partner watched it and he and I were kind of chatting about the problems it has. And, you know, it kind of made me realize that I probably didn't really like the movie as much as I thought I did when I first saw it. But, you know, I'm susceptible to, to view askew stuff. So if I rewatch it again, I'll just be like, well, I just got to take this as what it is, which is ultimately how a Kevin Smith film can usually be taken. So, yeah. Um, but that's, that's a cool idea. Like, yeah, um, it's cool. Cause my, cause my, I know my problem with that movie was kind of the third act, but, um, or the, the villain thing. So. Yeah. Um, 
but again, it's you know he's not working with the studio. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very indie now, um, and he, he's less critical of his own stuff. He's more mellowed out. So yeah, um, a lot of things, you know, probably could be better, but. Um, he's having fun and you know, he doesn't have to please anybody. He that, can do whatever he wants. See, that's kind of like, that's the other end of it where I'm just like, man, I'm happy that he's not shitting on himself that much anymore. That's really neat. Like, because it's, you know, don't, you don't want to see anybody like shitting on themselves. Yeah. And like that movie says too, um, his interests have changed. Like, yeah. um, his daughter is more interesting, um, yeah. than making those characters, um, there you go. Relevant again, I guess. Um, yeah, and, the, and the audience actually had good questions. So, um, oh, there be. wasn't many, but oh, right on. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was fun, and yeah, the audience ate it up. But again, predisposed to like <laughs> this stuff. So yeah, but it was cool seeing both of them together. I was in the front row, so they were like really close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, what else? Uh, I I think the one like retro thing I watched. Oh, so I got the RoboCop Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, from Arrow. Did and... you buy it for a dollar? <laughs> no, cost me more than that. Okay. Um, but you know, I've talked about the movie before, so I won't talk about that. But the, I haven't compared it with the other Blu-ray release um, that came out years ago. Was it just a standard that came out years ago? Yeah, I mean, it has some r- rolled over special features. Okay. But, you know, all I really cared about was like, obviously, this has a ton of special features I haven't gone through yet, but. I, I just popped it in to see, you know, what the menu looked like and like what was on there. Uh-huh. Um, and just the video transfer alone, just like, I thought it was a 4k release. It looks so good. What's the, what's the transfer, um, for it? Uh, 4k. It's a 4k transfer, but it's a blu-ray of a 1920 by 1080p. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that transfer. So it still looked amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to actually like go through the whole thing and, just so much detail, so clear. Um, and I was reading someone else's review of it, and they said it could still look better. So I'm like, that <laughs> that's surprising. How, how much better do you need it to be? Like, does it need to have RoboCop coming out to strangle you from the TV? Like, yeah, I was like, if they did a 4K release, I don't think I like I would need to upgrade because this one just looks so good. Brad, make a move, creep. <laughs> Whoa, this is getting way too real. Yeah, and I have just a standard HD TV, so. Yeah. Uh, which is all that release needs, but it just looks so good. I was just so impressed just from the menu. You should bring well, well, actually, if I if we go over to Bebuy, I can pick one up and we'll throw it into mine and see how it even looks there. Yeah, should brought it over. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's the Arrow RoboCop release is pretty good. Recommend that. Cool, right now. And the last thing I watched uh, was the Last Boy Scout. Had you not seen it before? I had not seen it before. What'd you think? Um. So, pretty terrible. Um, yeah. The, the Bruce Willis character in the movie um, is pretty much both characters from the Nice Guys in one person. Yeah. Um, and it's such a boilerplate, like it's every Shane Black movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Rolled into one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's a movie where almost every minute you're just going like, huh, that's interesting. Okay, huh? What's now? Um, so if you haven't seen it before, The Last Boy Scout follows uh, downtrodden, down and out Bruce Willis, who's a private investigator. Right. Once was part of the, was a Secret Service agent for the for the president. 
then got downgraded to um, a senator's bodyguard. And then like you do challenged that senator because he was beating women or prostitutes. Um, and so he got blacklisted and now he's a private investigator. And then so there's this conspiracy. Uh, the local football team, it's not NFL. And I think it might be college, but it's made up for the movie. Um, there's a coach who is trying to gamble on this version of football. And uh, so he's like blackmailing the, the athletes um, and they're tied into Damon Wayans is the uh, buddy in this movie. Mm. Um, and he's a former football player who, uh, you know, ruined his career with drugs and right. um, so he, he's on the outs too. And so through his girlfriend, who's a stripper played by Halle Berry, um, she's involved in this whole conspiracy and, uh, they're out to, she has some incriminating evidence. The bad guys are out to get her. They get her. So Damon, that's how Dame Wayans and Bruce Willis hook up. Um, and, uh, Bruce Willis's buddy is an actual cop who, um, is cheating on Bruce Willis's wife. Um, and he gets in Bruce Willis's car and gets blown up. And so Bruce Willis has to do all the stuff that his buddy was doing. And so that's how they all get roped into this crazy thing. And, um, yeah, there's actually very little action. Yeah. Um, and the, some of the dialogue is just so like, no one would ever say this. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty disappointing. And then the villain at the end are both like cartoonishly over the top and, I saw it once um, when I was in film school because I was going through Shane Black stuff and I just never went back to it. Yeah. The Long Kiss Goodnight, I really liked out of like all the like lesser knowns. I haven't seen that one. That's a good one. Like I said, this seems like every like worst impulse from every Shane Black movie I've ever seen rolled yeah. into a single movie. Can't um, win them all. <laughs> yeah. But. Def- but I I get it. Like I could feel the pain. <laughs> Your I was just you know? surprised, like um, how similar all of his movies actually are. Oh yeah, once you once you look at them side by side by side. Yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't this one wasn't set at Christmas. So that was interesting. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It isn't set at Christmas. I mean, it's not. I mean, there's no. I didn't remember seeing any Christmas decorations, but it could still be December in this movie because it's in L.A. So I mean. As as I've discussed recently on our family, technically Psycho is a Christmas movie because it takes place in December and you can see Christmas lights in a shot. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Ho, ho, ho. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. That's it for me. Right on. I did not watch a lot at all because uh, I've been editing again. Um, I did do a fitness cinema. Um, I did on demand because I didn't want to watch Sweet November with Keanu Reeves, although Keanu Reeves is great just didn't want to watch sweet november so instead i watched casablanca um a classic i've talked about this film many times before yes yeah um uh what i've never talked about is the fact that uh you can get 7.50 7.64 miles out of it and you can burn 1044 calories uh with with this classic film about uh humphrey bogart shooting nazis and also uh making a noble sacrifice it's a wonderful movie you should watch the casablancas it's fantastic um i uh i watched uh the rest of the toys that made us season three 
Um, it was fine. It was fine. Um, they're doing a the movies that made us um series coming on Friday, and I gotta be honest, I kind of don't care. Um, not that I wouldn't want to watch it. I'm just kind of just like, I like the toy angle a lot. Cause it's an angle. I don't think about that often. Like, uh, but movie ones, like the list that they have are like very, very obvious titles. And that might be fine though. You know, like I'll watch it still. Like they're entertaining enough that I will watch them. So, um, <clears throat> and, uh, and then the only other thing that I, uh, rewatched was uh the wolf of wall street which i haven't watched in a long ass time um because uh, i was originally going to go see the irishman again in the theater with my dad because he wants to see it in the theater and um but we had to cancel the plan so i ended up watching wolf of wall street after i got done editing and i i love that movie a lot still because it's it's very well crafted very well put together it's a it's a three hours that doesn't necessarily feel like a three hours um it did remind me that like, Oh yeah, there's a whole group of people out there who watch this movie the wrong way because they idolize those people. And I'm like, that's not the fucking point. Um, I was paying more attention to Jonah Hill in this movie, in the movie this time around. Um, just how, how, how it's a really good performance actually. Like I didn't really care for it that much the first time I saw it. Cause I was like, Oh, it's just, it's Scorsese taking Jonah Hill and putting him into a movie. And the Oscar nomination felt weird to me, but rewatching it, like it is a, it is an interesting performance. Like he's not the, the, the laugh factor that is, is obviously not there because these characters are despicable, but the way he's playing it the same way he would have played it for Apatow with a absolutely shitty character is pretty astounding. And the fact that <coughs> Leo's bouncing off of him the way he is, is pretty, pretty remarkable. So it's still a good movie. I, I do recommend it. I think, though, I noticed in one particular scene, it's about 15 to 20 minutes in when Leo, uh, after he it's is fired from his first or his his first firm goes out of business. He goes to that um, that penny stock trading place in the strip mall. And there's a wide shot of the car coming into the parking lot of that strip mall. And it looks like the lens kind of goes out because it starts going into a blur double vision. <laughs> as soon as the car hits something. So I don't know if that's just my Blu-ray or if that's how the movie looks. So I want to get a, like another copy of it and see if I'm correct, but it's probably the movie. It's, it's interesting. Like I just never noticed it before. Like I saw that thing in the theater and I did not remember that ever happening. So I haven't seen it since the theater. So yeah, good movie. I'd, I'd rewatch it. Like, I mean, again, yeah, it was it's, entertaining it's, in the moment, but yeah, I've it, never had an impulse to go yeah. back. I don't. I don't blame you. Like it is three hours of watching shitty people doing shitty things and somehow getting away with it. But you know, whatever. It's well crafted, um, and the McConaughey role is still fun for me too. So uh, it's just, it's a really well edited uh, dialogue scene. Um, yeah, that's all I watched this week. Cool. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Brad, should people see a beautiful day in the neighborhood? Uh, I wouldn't say you have to like go rush out to see it, but I mean, you monster. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think it's worth a watch if you, you know, want to see it. Um, I was surprised and it's fine. Um, you know, I, I went into it expecting, uh, more of a, you know, uh, Mr. Rogers biopic. And it's really more of this other guy's story. Um, and 
Mr. Rogers is just there to help him. Um, and you know, they do a little like through that you get to get to know, uh, I guess the dark side of Mr. Rogers a little bit Mm -hmm. if there is one, um, or just like, you know, stuff, you know, we, we don't, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's just kind of the inner workings of who he is. Uh, there's a little bit of that, but overall it's really this other guy's story and this other guy's arc. Yeah. Lloyd, I guess I can say Lloyd. I don't know, hiding his name. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. I think it's worth a watch. But again, like you probably wait till Netflix to watch it if you wanted to. But um. Yeah. It's it's not bad. It's just it's just it's good. Okay. For me. Cool. Zach. Yeah, I absolutely would. I'll um be the counterbalance to that, or like at least I would say like I think you should watch it in a theater. Um. It's. It's one of the most intriguing biopics, quote unquote, that I've seen ever. Um, and because it's not about Mr. Rogers as a whole is one of the reasons why I think it's brilliant. Um, I think that Mariel Heller, the gal who made it, uh, she also directed uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is a fantastic film. Um, the Melissa McCarthy one. And um, uh, she proves again how good as she is at what she does because the just everything from the formation of the the way the story is told to the way it's constructed to the way she uses establishing shots in this movie yeah i i'd say it's also really creative it's very how they present the story yeah it's it's very uh it's i will admit it's disarming and at first it made me feel like oh my god are we playing a trick but that trick works so well um and i think that this is Tom Hanks is just incredible in the film. Like it's 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 amazing how well he how good he is in the film. And Matthew Reese is really good in his role too. It's almost we'll talk a little bit about it in spoilers, but it is almost like he is kind of having to service like a a, tra- a more tr- more traditional character arc so that Mr. Rogers can kind of play back and forth with it, but um I definitely recommend it. Um I really really like the movie and like I want to go see it again because I it's one of those films that really made you well up um, and kind of made you feel good by the end of it. But here's the trailer for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers in here. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. Mr. Rogers, I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profiling Mr. Rogers. Lloyd, please don't ruin my childhood. This piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah? Like what? There are many things you can do. You can play all the lowest keys on a piano at the same time.
love broken people like me. Sometimes we have to ask for help, and that's okay. I think the best thing we can do is to let people know boom, that each one of them is precious. So, in a beautiful day of the neighborhood, um, a journalist, Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Vogel, uh, is sent to do a piece on Mr. Rogers, um, only to get psychoanalyzed the hell out of by Mr. Rogers and have to deal with his family trauma. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, and he doesn't trust that Mr. Rogers is the great guy that everyone makes him out to be. So he's really like digging for dirt on this. Yeah old man which which is inherently like reasonable because it's it's this big personality on television asking you about your personal life and like what's what's interesting that heller does and i thought it was fascinating is that like she uses very cold like the 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 environment feels very cold almost every single point of the movie except maybe when mr rogers is on his set so when Mr. Roger, when when Tom Hanks is talking to Matthew Reese and he's taking out the puppets and all that stuff, it's almost shot like a horror movie, <laughs> and it's really uncomfortable because mm-hmm. you're put into Matthew's position of like, isn't this weird that Mr. Rogers is using his puppets with me? Mm-hmm. Like she's Matthew playing- lives in a uh, or Lloyd lives in a cold, isolated exactly world and and, and I cynical world and I appreciate that they don't adapt the way it looks when Mr. Rogers is on screen to enhance his brightness. Like he's just a, a reasonable voice in a very cold world. Um, and the, the way this film is constructed, this is a, I think this is a spoiler kind of is she, uh, Meryl Heller uses the show itself as the framing device. And I like, was, like, uh, Lloyd's life is an episode of the show. Exactly. And it, it's pretty brilliant how it plays out. Um, like some of the episodes are about death or... Uh, war. Um, or and, um, like this episode is about like forgiving your father. Or forgiving forgiving people your who family. hurt you. Yeah. 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 Like what do you do? I with guess it? forgiveness. Yeah. And anger. It's about anger too. It's... Managing the mad. Yeah, exactly. And... Uh, the way that you handle the, the way that they, that they handle Mr. Rogers in this movie is that he is a focus and an actual character, but he's also sort of a cipher to a certain degree. So he's kind of serving a bunch of different functions and it all works the way that I would describe this movie. Interestingly, and I don't know if it's, I I could be crazy. It reminds me of a Frank Capra movie to a certain degree in the way it approaches its optimism where it doesn't like shy away from the dark, but when it's hopeful, it's very, very hopeful. And Heller does a lot of stuff like she, it's a great breaking the fourth wall. And it's not, um, with Rogers talking to the, uh, like in, within the show element, it's when everything goes silent in the restaurant and then everything else goes silent and for, I think, a minute and a half, 
it's a silent movie and you are having to watch the the were, pure cinema happen were the people in that restaurant like actual people from mr rogers's life i don't know and i don't care <laughs> it seems like they focused on the people's faces enough that they should be and i you know what i it feels like to me is that it's more of just like it's it's one of two things. It's either those people are knowing that Mr. Rogers is asking for something to happen and so they're doing it, or it's just a trick of the camera where just some like it's a trick of the uh of the showmanship where it's just like we're just gonna break the fourth wall, everything's gonna go silent. We're even gonna have these other characters who have nothing to do with the plot go silent too. Well, I, I thought they were cameos for like there was kids or something. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. No, when they're when they're in that when they're in that Chinese restaurant and everything goes silent. They're they're just patrons at the restaurant, right? But they like focus like there's so many close ups of people, strangers that I thought they were like, oh, this is a good time to put in cameos from like his wife and his kids. I don't think from so. real life. No, 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 I didn't see any listings of people. Okay, um, so good idea though. <laughs> that's that's um, how I read it. Um, but uh, the 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 overall arc of uh uh Lloyd um. Is is almost pretty standard, but it's handled so well that it's compelling. Like it's a PG movie, so there's no like there's nothing like truly it, it, the the trauma is is real. It's it's just that it's not like it's not intense R rated drama. So you're just dealing with a very basic family story of forgiveness, and it's just played out so well. They handle Matthew's, Matthew Reese's trauma very well. They handle Chris Cooper as his father. His trauma is very real. And that everything kind of coalesces into a big emotional blowout by the end. Hmm. He actually has the same arc as um, Star-Lord. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, not all those arcs have to be in Marvel movies and stuff like that. They, they can be in these co- good movies here too. Um, but... Um, yeah. And I don't know, like the, my favorite shot of the movie, honestly, even though with all the creativity and whatnot is the last shot of the movie is him going through the set, playing on the piano and you hear him do his anger management thing. Yeah. And I like it because I don't get to see the look on Mr. Rogers face. So I don't know why he's banging the keys. Well, you don't what need to because he earlier told that like how he gets his anger out is through like yeah banging the it's but it's like that question the piano it's the question of like well what's he angry about in that particular scene and the answer is it doesn't fucking matter I think uh, he was just absorbing the, the whole experience the experience of like Matthew's anger mm-hmm. um, like just having to be empathetic like having to suck in that and then convert it into positivity because like, of because of and he does ask that question earlier on about the burden you carry yep Ooh, that's really good i like that you just made this movie even better brad thanks a lot yeah. <laughs> so yeah he had to release it and then he can move on to his next challenge yeah and i liked the way it was just lit and composed and everything in that shadow it's, it's pretty wonderful yeah. um yeah the movie's great guys you, sh- you should probably go fucking watch it <laughs> I don't know why I'm using expletives to sell this very nice family movie. But, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should rot in hell. Um, yeah. Uh, well. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got too. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that they used like the you know the city like the model city for transitions between going to Pittsburgh and New yeah, York like and everything, the plane and all that stuff, and just like all the anything that you would normally do with aerial or stock footage. 
is just used with those models and it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah. Um oh there was a cameo that I thought should have happened, but I, I I I think I know probably why it didn't really happen, but well maybe I don't. I don't know. Um Lady Aberlin, uh the gal who's walking around the uh kingdom of make believe. Yeah. That Betty Aberlin who played her on the show, um was the nun in dogma who um uh d- decides to say fuck the convent and she's been in other kevin smith stuff so um i was ca- she's still alive so i was wondering why she didn't uh end up doing a cameo but maybe there's personal reasons or something i don't know but um but yeah cool so next week i think we're seeing knives out knives out Ooh, i like it i mean i've seen it already so you 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 need to stop it. <laughs> stop well, going to the Denver Film Festival? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Actually, this is fair because I've lorded over the fact that I saw Brothers Bloom before James did at the Denver Film Festival, and now you get to lord over that you saw Knives <laughs> Out before anybody else at the Denver Film Festival. Ryan Johnson's really good at showing at least one of us his movies early. So, um, yeah, Knives Out, and then I don't know what's going on after that. Uh, Playmobil movie, I guess. Yeah. We'll see. Star Wars is coming up pretty quick here. Can it just come now? I haven't. I need to figure out how I'm doing. America. I need to start cranking out the movies and just going back through them. So yeah, Film Explosion is also upon us. Yeah. So we got to get we got to get, get this list together. We got to get the band back together. It's just you and I, Brad. We need how many more people in seats right now for Film Explosion? Gotta make a Blu-ray. Oh man! Yeah, got all those trailers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it, guys. I don't know. I'm a terrible host. Ryan, get back here now. <laughs> I think Star Wars is the only thing left that you know is questionable for my top ten list. So otherwise, I think my top ten is pretty set. Really? So I can. Why really? I'm trying to. No, I'm trying to think. There's got to be something else coming out in the next four weeks. There's got to be something that could sneak its way in there, right? I mean, of course it's possible, but I mean, I don't, I don't have any plans to see other movies, so it's just Star Wars, and that's it. <laughs> I, I'm going to see Star Wars, and I'm going to see it again in 4DX, and I'm going to see it in IMAX, and oh, that was a piece of news I didn't know if you'd heard that Gremlins is being released in 4DX okay. for, for the holidays. I, I don't really want to do 4DX, especially in, but, not with that blender scene. That's kind of why I want to do it. <laughs> Think about it, Brad. That'd be stupid, and I'd love it. <laughs> I wish I'd been paying attention because I would love to see Ford v Ferrari in 40x. Oh, that'd have been badass. But now Frozen's in its place, so well, you can get snowed on there. It'd be fun. Yeah, I guess you should do Jane Samba reboot in 40x. <laughs> well, until next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. 
And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day. <laughs>